Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Welcome back, friends, to Life and Love Nuggets. We're glad that you're with us today. Uh, we've been talking about, gosh, this really very important topic um, that oftentimes in marriages that couples really struggle with. Um, we've titled this, How to Not Fight About Money <laughs> in Marriage. <laughs> uh, it's not the number one thing that couples say that they struggle with. You know, 90% of couples struggle with this. It's also considered the second highest reason for divorce next to infidelity. So this is really huge. Yeah. <laughs> so last time we talked about the kind of mindsets and kind of foundational principles that we've found that can help couples start off on the right foot. Um, the first one was to let your differences fascinate you instead of frustrate you. Easier said than done. <laughs> but what is it about the way that they see things, um, whether they're a little more of a a little more tight and a saver than I am, or a little bit more of a spender than I am. What is it about that that's good? What is it that, wow, that's interesting. I want to learn more about that instead of just getting frustrated. And instead of getting into right and wrong conversations, I'm right about this, you're wrong, so we need to do it my way. We need to focus on really blending with each other, finding common ground, finding things that we can agree on, so that our decisions are us decisions instead of yours or my decisions. Yeah. Then the third one is have the mindset that money is our money, mm -hmm. not yours and mine. So whoever makes the money, whoever, even whatever debt we bring into the relationship, all of this is ours. Uh, it's um, instead of separating us as roommates, um, it's a marriage. It's ours. So that's the third one. And the fourth one is don't spend in secret. I mean, we can't emphasize that enough. There shouldn't be anything you're doing that your spouse shouldn't know yes, about. Yes. But spending in secret is what harms so many relationships. And then the last one was set expectations together. So once we get these mindsets on the same place, this is our money, we're working together, finding common ground, then let's set our expectations. And it's going to be a blend <laughs> between our two viewpoints. But if we can get our expectations set together, then we're going to find a, a better pathway to peace. Now, this, the fifth one, setting expectations together, is certainly on the spending side, but it's not just managing your current expenses. It's also, there should be a discussion about, about debt. <laughs> Are we okay with debt? Uh, once again, think common ground because almost every couple's going to have different opinions about that. One's going to want to be a little more comfortable with carrying a little bit of debt. And one wants to like, no, we should never have any debt whatsoever. And uh, certainly a wide range of options on this um, from, again, having no debt at all to that it's okay on a house or an education or um you know, bigger things like that or cars, it's okay. Some people are okay even carrying a little credit card debt. Right. And others aren't. And so, so once we get those, um, I mean, so all of that needs to be blended as well. Right. One of the things we did is we came to an agreement on our financial goals, the, the house we lived in, how we were going to spend our money, um, in particular, expenses with our kids. And we felt like we wanted to make it a priority to pay for our kids' basic education. 
which in our case happened to be undergrad. And as soon as they went on to grad school, they were on their own. But we did feel like we wanted to pay for their undergrad education and for their weddings because that really helped put them on a solid financial standing going forward into their life. But we had to do some things to do that. Um, We both worked all the way through. I didn't work as much as you did, but we both worked all the way through. Um, We invested in houses, in rental property. We made spending money for our kids' education a priority. Now, there were a couple years where we had two kids in college at the same time, and we did get a little bit of educational debt at that time. And we both felt good about it because it was appreciable, or at least that's what we felt like a college degree was. So we were able to pay that off quickly, but we were in agreement. Those were our goals. That's what we wanted for our kids and for our family. And it's, it's worked for us. And not everybody's going to think this, this no. way, you know, and so. And, and I would say over the years, we would occasionally get some debt on cars. We would choose to buy cars and go ahead and pay payments on it because at that point, it felt like the wiser thing to do. So the idea is we got to wrestle this out together until we can get on the same page. We're just giving you an example that Mm -hmm. we felt like on things that went up in value. Now cars don't go up in value, but but everything else felt like an education went up in value, a house went up in value, Mm -hmm. those things we were comfortable with. Now, some people, again, are different in that way, but but getting a plan on what you're comfortable with that. Now, for us to put a TV or clothing or those kind of things on a credit card, we felt like was putting us at risk. And we didn't feel like that that was what we wanted to try to do. And so um, we realized if we bought a television and all of a sudden one of our jobs drops off or we go through a hardship and... And we can't pay the payment on that if we put it on a credit card. Well, I'm not going to walk through the mall with a television in my hand going, will you give me what I paid for this? Not, not going to happen. Those you can't of, even put it on Facebook Marketplace and get what you paid exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't, we're not saying you should never use a credit card. Right. Um, those can, they can be a management tool as long as we paid it off each month. And so that was a goal that we had. That's kind of where we settled and things that we're not going to appreciate in value, then we just have to hold off and wait on those things. Again, getting getting your mind together on those things. And that's where with the credit card stuff that we've seen with other couples that we've worked with, where couples tend to get into trouble. You know, one of the things that makes it so difficult now is, well, one is internet shopping yes. <laughs> because there is no pain involved in internet. Just a button. Yes, you push it and they have everything saved. You don't Every- have to swipe it. It's just I a button. I know, it's awesome. And then you come home and you have presents on your porch. And so yes. it can be really, really addictive. And you can spend so much. And anybody that's listening or watching knows they've fallen into that at least some point. Yes. It's just so easy to do that. We don't really realize how much we're spending. And even at restaurants, you know, when you just hand over your card or you tap it, you often don't think how much money you're really spending. There was an old study many, many years ago about they gave people with the same income, one cash and the other credit card. And what they found is the people that had a credit card spent 26% more than the people that paid cash. And even now, you know, I don't ever carry any cash, but when I do... It, it kind of hurts to be honest. It's like, wow, that's a lot of money that I just spent for that. So oftentimes it's 
we just aren't aware of how we're spending and how easy it is to spend. But when couples start getting into financial debt or or financial stress, it chokes the life out of the relationship. It makes it so hard in so many areas. And it really steals some of the intimacy. Because if we're in conflict over what you just spent, Brent, um, (laughs) (laughs) right, Um, you can't feel that closeness. You can't feel that same sense of intimacy. This is just such a high temptation right now, though. If I can can get that new stuff furniture for the front room, it would just be so great. (laughs) We can really enjoy that. And we've got people, we've invited people over next week. And we just, you know, and we can... We can have it to de- tomorrow afternoon right. <laughs> delivered with no no payments for 10 months or whatever it is. You know, it's just so, so tempting. Well, and I do think the difference between online shopping and going to the mall, because all our malls are dying, right. but we've gotten so spoiled to, I don't want to get in the car and drive over there <laughs> oh. and there's a salesman that's going to give me trouble about furniture. And it's just too easy to buy things online. Yeah. So hard to resist. Um, The debt slowly builds. We always say it's like a frog in hot water. Um, You don't realize how it all accumulates Mm -hmm. um, when you're just tapping or swiping. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the old story about a frog in a pot of water and they turn it on and it heats up and it but the slow incremental increase isn't being noticed until it's boiling and the frog dies. It's it's too late. And Mm so that's what can happen with. Uh, the ease of short-term credit um, in our lives. Now, to not do that, people don't just decide one day, well, let's just go spend as much money as we can, you know, and get ourselves into great debt. Um, they just don't really have a plan, and it, they're just spending as time goes on. And so the sixth one that we want to talk about today, this kind of uh, strategies, uh, is to develop a plan so that your expectations and dreams can become a reality. A lot of couples want to buy a house by this time or want to buy a new car, but they don't have a plan to get there. And so the time, you know, they get there, the time, you know, um, that they wanted to and they're not ready to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, well, let's just do it anyway. And they get themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. overextended. So once you've found common ground in your expectations and dreams, we've got to find this practical plan. Now, as we've said earlier, everything that we talk about, in these podcasts and stuff, we had to learn the hard way. So <laughs> it isn't like we started out perfectly here. I remember the, you know, as we mentioned before, we both came from pretty conservative backgrounds. Neither mm-hmm. one of us were extreme um, uh, spenders. Uh, but the first two years of marriage, we were both working and no children. And we did okay. Um, <laughs> but after a couple of years, we pretty much spent everything that came in. Now, we weren't in debt. We weren't overspending. Mm-hmm. But we weren't holding on to anything either. And so I remember we had just closed on our first house and and we actually was back in the time where you could um, assume a loan where if the people that you're buying it from, if their loan interest rate was lower, you could actually pay off the equity and assume their loan from their bank. And we did and, that. And I think we got 4%, didn't we? It was great. Which I mean, was, was unheard of yeah. in that time. It was unheard of being extremely low. Yes. And so, uh, we, were, so we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, But I was sitting down at the, at the um, closing table thinking, how did we do this? <laughs> how did we come up with that 
chunk of money to put down. Well, it wasn't because we saved any money. <laughs> and it wasn't because somebody gave us money. <laughs> and so maybe you can tell a story a little bit of what we did. It's to because come up we with were this. pretty much insane for that period of time <laughs> yes, in our yes, lives, yes. which some people would argue we have been in other periods <laughs> in our lives. But this period of our life, we were both working full time and we were going to graduate school. And we had a couple that we we're really close friends with. We are still close friends with to this day. But we, um, I'm, I'm just going to say probably the guys came up with this. <laughs> I'm um, sure I'll we put did. blame somewhere. Okay, yes. um, had the idea of buying a house down in um, downtown Tulsa. It was one of the first houses ever built. We were both living in college housing, and so we didn't have any of those expenses. So. We were all four of us, both couples. We were all in grad school. We were all working full time. And we decided to buy this old, old house. And we were going to flip it. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> yes. well, 90 days. We that got was a, our plan. We got a construction loan from a bank for 90 days. And yes. we're going to go in and fix it up and flip it. And this is going to be amazing. Yes. And I won't go into how disgusting it was. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, the fact that we had to tear out the entire bathroom to get rid of the smell. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but we learned how to sheetrock. We learned how to. Um, tile. We did all kinds of things. And because both of the guys were perfectionist, that house was done really, really well. We kind of rebuilt the house. Let's we say that. We did rebuild the house. <laughs> I mean, I learned to hang sheetrock and I'm, I don't think I've done it since because I think I walked away going, I'm not doing that ever, <laughs> yes, ever yes, again. Yes, yes. We were exhausted. We were overwhelmed. It took 18 months took us 18 months. <laughs> we turned that loan over at the bank many, many times. Many, many times. But because we basically tore it down and rebuilt it, we did get a lot of equity out of it yeah. when we finally sold it. But that's what it took for us to buy our first house for us to live in. And I think we decided we're never doing anything that crazy That was again. our motivation. It's like, yes. is this how we're going to save money <laughs> so we're going to keep doing this and killing ourselves uh, this is no life every spare minute we had we were all of us were down at this house working on it every weekend every oh my gosh it was we were definitely insane and so so that was our motivation we gotta we gotta figure this out and yeah. start holding on to something here or we're going to be our age now and have nothing to show for it and so we got motivated i started scratching stuff out on paper trying to recognize where we were at, what we had, what we were spending. And now there's a lot of ways to do this today, but every financial system, every monitoring system, because we have to monitor what we're doing. Now, a lot of couples sit down and write out what they should spend. Um, this is what we should spend on all these categories, but they never look at it then. They never keep track of it. And so uh, it's too late at the end of the month to go, oh, my gosh, we overspent $1,000 last month because mm -hmm. where's that $1,000 going to go? It's going to go on a credit card. And we'll just gonna, and those credit card bills are just going to slowly increase and increase and increase. And then we get a bunch of those. And then let's get us a loan consolidation. <laughs> let's take an, a, a second mortgage out on our house and consolidate all the – anyway, it's just frog in the hot water. It again. really is. Mm -hmm. And so – but every system goes back to the old envelope system. So this might be our grandparents' generation, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, where, I mean, there was no such thing as Visa right. or MasterCard. It was unheard of. Matter of fact, the first credit card was Diners Club in 1950. This was 73 years ago. Wow. So not that long. I mean, it was like six years before we were born is <laughs> the first credit card. 
And um, so, again, that was just unheard of in our grandparents' generation. So they would cash their paycheck. They would come home and they had a bunch of envelopes. They would put their house payment in one envelope, their gasoline in another envelope, clothing, food, whatever. Yeah, it depends Mm -hmm. on what they could afford. Determine how many envelopes and how much was in each envelope. But there was a limit. So if I go to the grocery store, I take my grocery envelope to the grocery store, pay the person, put the change back in, um, come and stick it under my mattress or under the floorboard of some room in our house, which we don't recommend today doing this, Uh, until the next time I need to go to the grocery store. I take that same envelope to the grocery store. Eventually, there's no more, more money in that envelope. Well, I can't put it on Visa. There was no such thing. And so unless there was money in another envelope, which may be clothing, and we decide we're actually more hungry than we are need tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And so I take money out of the clothing envelope, put it in the food envelope, and go buy some more groceries. But I can't go buy tennis shoes <laughs> because there's no money in that right. envelope. So they immediately recognize the ramifications of their decisions. And today it's so easy just to automatically have our checks deposit in our account and we just spend money. And we're not, we aren't sure what we're spending it on. We don't know if we're spending food money or tennis shoe money or whatever money. And, and then if we're at least watching, <laughs> we stop spending before the end of the month maybe. Yeah. But we have not, but we pretty much spent everything. Or the, what we actually should be accumulating for my electric bill, which is going to be super high you know, in August, I should be accumulating some money for that. Um, I don't. And so then August comes and my electric bill is skyrocketing, but I don't have any extra money set aside for that. And so. And I think a lot of times people just don't know how much life costs. And so they spend and spend. How many times have we both had couples in our office that have said, how can we be in financial problems? We make so yeah, much money. Yeah. And then they'll tell me what they make. And internally, I'm going, boy, you do. Um, <laughs> How could you be in financial trouble? Exactly. Product? But they haven't kept track of it. They don't know where it's going. They just assume that there's plenty there. So when there's a great trip to Mexico that's really cheap mm-hmm. and it's all inclusive and five nights and everything, we can afford that. Look how much money we make. But you can't because of other things that you need to pay for. Yeah. So we're taking a trip to Mexico and we're actually spending money that we should be kind of holding on to for Christmas or for car repair or a refrigerator breaks down or those kind of things. Yes. Now, we're not saying we shouldn't go to Mexico. Okay. <laughs> Again, it's finding common ground. It's are we living at our means? And short-term credit allows people to live at a higher level than what they can actually afford. And we've just seen the pressure of that just can strangle couples. So, so the idea is coming up, thinking about envelopes. Now, again, we don't recommend 25 envelopes and cash under your mattress. Okay? So I've had a few people who have had to start that way. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of modern ways to do this. Again, I kept this by hand for years and years and years. And, but I had this, this, um, kind of spreadsheet that had all these columns on it. And at the bottom of each column was a total. So it's like that much money was in 
each one of the envelopes. Now, every couple has to figure out a way to keep track of this, which is so much easier now Mm -hmm. that we have our checking account is automatically linked to something like Quicken or Microsoft Money or whatever the system is, and it automatically uploads this stuff. And so it's modern (laughs) technology has made this a lot easier. I remember remember getting your check stubs and taking those amounts and entering them in (laughs) by hand initially. Um, Because the idea is if I've got $400 in a grocery column, yeah, like, right, we can right. <laughs> for a month, $400 yeah, for right. food, whatever the amount is. <laughs> for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for food. Um, if I have a column and there's X amount of dollars at the bottom of that, then every time I spend groceries, I've got to write that down. i got to keep track of that. I used to do that stuff by hand. Then I started doing something like Quicken before. This is not a Quicken ad, by the way. Right. It's just something <laughs> we use. But before they started automatically linked, the checking mm-hmm. account. Your, your bank account and Quicken. So I had to input all that stuff by hand. Um, but it helped us know where we were at. <laughs> so we could quickly look at a, a kind of a report or whether it's a handwritten report or whether it's an a electronic report and look at our envelopes. <laughs> because at some point, you got to realize your envelopes are empty. And so it might be the 20th of the month and we spend all our grocery money. Either we're going to eat macaroni and cheese or beans and cornbread or whatever, whatever, Peanut butter and jelly. You know, whatever the state family staple is mm-hmm. until next month. And that envelope gets funded again. Or we have it's Thanksgiving next week and we've got all the kind of people coming over. We got to buy some more groceries. Right. So I've got to go to another category. Whether again, it's some I mean, I can't go to my house payment. I can't go to gasoline to get me to, to work. Mm-hmm. Got to go to some kind of a. Um, a where well, there's discretionary discretionary money mm-hmm. and pull some out of that. But again, I recognize the ramification of my decision. I'm mm-hmm. taking it out of that account and putting it into this account. And so, so some system that shows us how to do that so that we can tell ourselves no. I'm having a memory of when our kids were little, when we had two in diapers at the same time. Oh, yes. And I remember I used to go to Target and buy all the diapers diapers we would need for the entire month at the beginning of the month as soon as we got paid because I didn't want to have at the very end of the month where we were going to go on a date night and not have any money because we had to go buy diapers. Yes. I'm like, I'm getting that out of the way. <laughs> yes. And that way we already know we're covered. Yes. So again, the idea is some kind of a system that helps us see our envelopes and see what's actually happening um, in those now, fortunately, um, in today's time, again, a lot of this can be done electronically. Um, you know, we have as long as you let the bank know, the bank doesn't know that um, your local grocery store is groceries. And so um, when that money comes through, even though it automatically mm-hmm. updates into Quicken, um, Quicken doesn't know that that's groceries. And okay. so you have to code it, you know, the first few times, but then it. It's bright. It remembers. <laughs> so as we're spending money, it's getting calculated under these envelopes. It's still an envelope system, but it's getting calculated. And then we've got to look at it, which we don't like to do. We don't want to say no to ourselves. <laughs> and so we want to stick our head in the sand. But if we want to meet our long-term goals, 
And if we don't want to have conflict together, because I tell couples, if you can work on this together first and get your envelopes filled and you can both sign off on it, I agree to live within these boundaries Mm -hmm. and you've both signed off on it, which should be a blend. It should be common ground. It should be some of what both of you need. Um, Then we can eliminate almost all conflict Mm -hmm. in finance. So we shouldn't ever have you bought what? That, that should just that should just never happen in our families because we've already agreed ahead of time and we have a system to manage it. <laughs> and so that's the challenge is couples, they don't have a plan. And so every single purchase that made that's made is up for conflict. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't agree with that. Why'd you buy that? And why did this happen? Why did that happen? And you spend so much on groceries or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, which should already be agreed ahead of time. And so. Uh, then we encouraged always um, for couples to have what we call a weekly meeting of the Ways and Means Committee. Um, so, and that just simply means we sit down, we both look at it together. Because one of the critical things in our family, I'm the the OCD one. I'm the bookkeeper brain. Now, we don't think that should just be the guy. That should be whoever's better at it. Whoever's got that brain <laughs> that kind of likes. I kind of I geek out on this. I kind of like to update quick and. <laughs> quite yeah. a bit. And I like yeah. to look at it and see that it's balanced and we'll see where we're at <laughs> and stuff. But the challenge is whoever that personality is, whether it's the male or the female, the challenge is that person can turn into the parent. That's what we've got to make sure of. we don't have. Is It doesn't mean because I'm the bookkeeper that I'm the parent in the relationship <laughs> and I can tell you what to spend and what not to spend. It's simply, I'm just the bookkeeper that keep, make sure it's it's, it's kept up. And if we have our weekly meeting of the Ways and Means Committees, which should literally take five minutes right. each time, is we just pull it up and we both look at it. And we look at, okay, this is where our envelopes are at. Um, this is where clothing is at. This is where our savings for Christmas is at. This is where, because when you think about envelopes, you got to think about the whole year. We can't think about just this month. I, we've got to be thinking about Christmas in January. <laughs> We don't want to think about Christmas in January because we want to spend all that money. Um, but most of us spend more on Christmas than we just have laying around in December that we don't know what to do with. And so so we've got to take a guesstimate, half guessing and half estimating what mm-hmm. we think we're going to spend on Christmas, divide that by 12, and that should be our monthly budget for Christmas. And so so we notice that, yes, our Christmas account is accumulating. Yes, um, We've got a little bit of money in there for car repair. Boy, groceries are almost done and it's the 20th. So we got to really be careful for that. We both are just looking at that and we're just looking at it together. Um, and both of us are able to assess where we're at. And we don't really then need to talk about wh- what we're spending. You don't need to call me and go, can I buy this? Right. Unless it's going to go over the amount. I remember when our kids were little, there were times where, you would run into a sale. Mm-hmm. We could get all of the kids' school clothes <laughs> at this amazing sale. Mm-hmm. But it was more than we had in clothing for that month. And so a simple phone call. Um, what do you think? <laughs> it probably cost X amount of dollars. Uh, and we'd maybe talk for a couple of minutes. I said, well, could we then not buy clothes for a few months and take the next few months' money and put it back into one of the discretionary money? Mm-hmm. Um, um, accounts, yeah. which might be put it back into savings. It might be put it <laughs> back into some other account we were accumulating for something. Otherwise, we just both are responsible adults 
and we're spending money according to what we've already agreed. Yes. Now, we encourage couples to always have some mad money. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's only $20 a week, you know, where you don't have to really account for it because we're not suggesting, you know, every $3.72 something that, that we've, you know, um, necessarily have to keep track of that if, if we're paying cash or something. But but it's it's some discretionary money, some mad money that we already agree on. So each of us get an, like an allowance, like mm-hmm. an adult allowance. And then I am responsible to stay within that each week. And I don't spend over that unless we talk about it. And so, again, I, I'm saying this over and over again for a purpose. We, if you agree on it ahead of time um, and then get some kind of a plan. And if neither one of you are OCD money people, mm-hmm. find somebody right. that can help you. Because there's people who love that. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll have some friends that will help you set something mm-hmm. like this up. And I'm telling you, it's way easier today than it ever is. Oh, yeah. But another part of it is when you start to set it up, you have to be flexible in the beginning because sometimes you are not aware of little expenditures. So you put all your categories down, but it's like, oh, I don't even think we have a category for that. Yeah. So you can't have a $3,000 miscellaneous um, yeah. item in your budget. Yeah. You you have to put categories for different things. And when I'm working with pre-marriage couples, a lot of times what I do is have them track their spending for a couple of months yeah, that's good. to see what's going on. Because sometimes she has no idea how much he spends on football tickets yeah. or he has no idea how much she spends to get her hair done and her nails done. And so they both may think those are essentials, but they have to be accounted for somewhere. That's good. You know, this will take 90 days, 120 days to just get started with. And, and initially, obviously having some flexibility because um, you don't even have um, your escrow, which means an <laughs> accumulating account. We don't have our Christmas fund set up. And we may start this in October. <laughs> we, right. have, we haven't had 10, we haven't been mm-hmm. setting that right. money aside for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our car, our car breaks down this first mm-hmm. month and we didn't, or we needed tires or something. And we just weren't planning for that. And so, but if couples can be flexible with each other for, you know, 90 days, 120 days, then you'll start getting into the groove. You'll start seeing your spending patterns. And the reason we're even talking about this is this is, is that we don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about insurance. <laughs> we don't want to talk about taxes. There's a lot of stuff we don't You're like. To, really boring. We don't like to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it. But we're just saying, if you can face it and realize, if we don't talk about this, it's going to steal, kill, and destroy some stuff yeah. in our marriage. So let's just suck it up. Let's get ahead of this. Let's say this is hard. Let's work on it together. Let's have these difficult conversations where we need to blend and be committed to finding common ground. If you go into this committed to trying to prove to your partner, you know, this, that, or the other, then that's not going to help. We're talking about investments. We're talking about kids' college. You may need to talk to a financial planner. You may need to go. Part of your agreement is, hey, we don't see this the same. One may be more naturally oriented that way that, gosh, if we started putting money aside, we could have this much money by the end. And the other one didn't quite see that. And it's like, we're just going to work ourselves to death and never play, you know. Um, well, let's go get some coaching, you know, or let's go talk to somebody and let's get some of the facts of what it would actually, until we're both like, okay, we're on this 
the same page here and and then get some kind of a system that helps you see your envelopes helps you track them um i used to when i did this by hand if it was the 15th of the month and we'd spent our closing budget i would just draw a strong line under that column that told me <laughs> that envelope's empty now we've got a bunch of money in our account but just because i got money in my account doesn't mean we should go out to eat tonight because we may have already spent that right. budget for the month. Because the electric bill's not here yet. Absolutely. <laughs> and Or I'm accumulating for, you know, when it's going to be really high. Yeah. And so um, our checking account really never guided us. It never said what we could do or not. It was only this, mm-hmm. whatever we looked at, at the whether it was on a screen or a piece of paper, it was the envelopes that said where we're at yeah. and what we could spend money on and not spend money on. And then if we can both just commit to what we've agreed to, if we feel like our voice has been heard and we've been included in this, then I should be responsible to be able to live live by this. And so with those things in mind, then we, we recommend you really take time to do the hard work. <laughs> You'll save you yourself a lot of grief and you will hit those goals you have. That in two years, when you want to do this, that money will actually be there. Yeah. And you'll start feeling more, we accomplished this. We did this. And, and that, there's a real positive surge that can happen in marriages. So take the effort, put the effort in, do the hard work. Yes. Yeah, this is such a fun podcast because we're in the yeah. do the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> push, 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 push. Um, but commit to it, and uh, you can find great places places of peace. We know you can do it. And if not, there is the conflict resolution podcast they can listen yes, to. Yes, go back and listen yeah. to that again. <laughs> so for today, go in peace. Blessings as you go. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit and is supported by gifts from people like you. To donate, go to lifeandlovenuggets.com slash donate. This podcast is produced by Clayton Creative in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The content should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only. 